We have so many stories in our lives, but our stories are not always heard. On the Hear My True Story podcast, we tell our own true stories. Before the white car backed, our head teacher had scattered. Looking at him, I could only see his tie that was flying backwards, waving at us, and he disappeared in thin air. I want to share my life story. I want to share my voice with the people because I know that uh, just a small joke I can tell through this, this podcast, it will make someone smile. When you ask me what I fear most in life, I would definitely respond to you and say it's fear itself. We are fighting for togetherness. We are fighting for equal rights. We are fighting to end injustice. You don't have to be a storyteller or writer because, guess what? Life writes the best stories. Hear my true stories. In this episode, we hear a true story from Zoe, which is one of the amazing stories performed at Hear My True Story Kampala Project Season 1. Hear my true story, Kampala season one, where we tell true stories and have conversations about real life experiences with non storytellers and storytellers from Uganda. Hear my true story, Kampala is a joint project between Hear My True Story podcast and Omoti Creative, an organization in Uganda. Omoti Creative is an arts organization that provides safe and free learning spaces for creative arts, educational support, and cultural exchange opportunities to children and youths in Uganda. My name is Kayendeke Zoe Patricia. I'm a performing artist. Um, into storytelling, poetry, theater for both children and adults. <laughs> you know what's happening in the world? The stories around the COVID vaccination, they fascinate me and they bring me to some childhood memories. I was born in Kibuku district. In the eastern part of Uganda, Kibuku is a neighbor to Mbale district where the mighty mountain Eligon sits. It is where the sunrise of Uganda is bathed from. They say that the eastern region of Uganda is a region for the wise men. So I'm proud to be from the region of the wise men. During my childhood, the people of Kibuku were subsistence farmers. They grew so many crops, matoke, uh, millet, sorghum. Uh, they had uh, domestic birds and animals, goats, cows, sheep, uh, ducks, chicken uh, for, for food and as well as to sell, sell and get some little money for the homestead. In Kibuku, 
our homesteads were arranged in a way there was a main house and then there was the kitchen. Uh, the main house was a little bigger than the kitchen, but they were both uh, grass-roofed. Only for the rich homesteads, that's where you found uh, a roof with with uh, mabati. In the morning, you saw the sunrise first. Then you heard the songs of the chicken. Then you saw the cattle keepers taking their cattle down to Namwiga. Namwiga was a swampy village, just close to our village. That's where every homestead had their farm. Namwiga was swampy and very fertile. In Namwiga, there were so many mango trees. And that's where, as children, we used to run to, to eat the, the ripe mangoes, the oranges, the big ones. Uh, the ripe bananas, it was all in Namwiga. So in the mornings, you saw farmers go off to Namwiga. Then you saw the men paddling their bicycles and the women with babies on their backs and carrying merchandise off to the trading center to make some sales. And in the corner, you saw my mother opening the kitchen door for the chicken to come out. And then she would go around, get the goats, and take them far to also graze and prepare for the day. You also saw children in many school uniforms, blue, bubble, white, going to school. My school wore blue dresses for the girls, shorts and shorts, khaki shorts, and sleeveless shirts for the boys. At school, we were always started off by early morning parades where the head teacher would address us. Then the teachers on duty would talk to us and tell us how the, the week was going to run, how the day would be run, and they call out those students who were indisciplined the previous day. And at school, they loved our native language. How we were taught in our native language. If you knew a few lines of the queen of the queen's language, then you were the president. You held the flag of the school high. You're the one who led the national um, the national anthem. You 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 welcome the visitors to school. I mean, hello, how are you, visitors? We welcome you to Chibuku Primary School. You were the flag of the school when you knew a few lines. We were, uh, during parades, we were organized in lines according to our classes from lower, middle to upper. After parade, we left for our classes. While the, um, the upper class, they, they had their classes in buildings and the lower class from P1 to P3, we had our classes under trees. Uh, there your eyes were so free to wonder. While the teacher sat, stood before the, the class teaching, what is science? Science is the study of living and non-living things. Your eyes would be far away looking at some cows that are grazing. Indeed, you're looking at living and non-living things. 
But for me, for my little brain, my eyes would always be up that tree. I was always wondering what it is like if I were to climb up on the highest tip of that tree. What would happen? Well, life was so beautiful at school. For the upper classes, they left school at 4 p.m. And the lower class, we left at 1 p.m. for lunch and we never returned. Lunch time. Lunch time was lunch time. You always had the lower class singing. Sawam samvu etuka ngangenda eka tukira mufumbiro eri mama wange. And then you always had that little voice that was off key, very loud. You and listen to it. You'd imagine some little lad who is very tired with cracked lips, uh, an irritated face, impatient to go home. That was me. I could, I always couldn't wait to go back home and have my mother's cooking her fish stew with atapa, the millet bread, was just the best. It left you with no fingers. I always couldn't wait for lunchtime. Lunchtime was lunchtime whether you were at school or not. There's a way the environment felt You could see a mirage just above the grass ahead of you. There was not much activity. You didn't see any people going to the market. You didn't see any people going for for anything. Even when you looked in the bushes, the cows that are grazing, uh, they were resting under shade, even the goats. There wasn't much. The only thing you saw were um, some grasshoppers flying above the grass and falling down, flying. And even when you looked at the homes, you saw smoke oozing off uh, the grass-roofed chickens, uh, um, kitchens. Then you always had that pounding at a distance from a certain home, pounding granuts preparing for lunch. Do, do. Do, do, maybe you had the mother call uh, her son to, to send her something from the main house. Peter, Peter, bring me that plate. It was always an ambience for lunch. In the evenings, when, when the sun was just going back to sleep, you saw the farmers coming back from Namwiga, my uncle bringing the cows. Uh, you saw the boys coming back shirtless and very sweaty with footballs in their hands from playing football. Those who, the, the upper class that was cool had already reached home and they had finished watch, washing their uniforms. You saw... Uh, those who had gone to the trading center coming back with part of their unsold merchandise. And slowly by slowly, you could tell that the day was slipping away and the night was closing in. And before the moon would brightly shine, my village would go to sleep. It was all peaceful. Every day was peaceful to be in Chibuku. Until one day. One day when a rumor about a white pajero was passed on. Nobody knows the origin of that rumor. But you heard it from the women at the well. Banange mbedi emoto keiza. Muli mubazungu. Vaiza. Bali kuiza utu kubautua. 
There's a white pajero coming, they say, that it is coming with the white man, and they are coming to vaccinate us, they call it, but with poison. And then the old woman will say, they are coming to, to kill your wombs, to shut them down. It was a rumor everywhere. When you passed two, two men, you didn't hear their stories about football, but you heard their stories about this room of the white pajero. Even at school when we had the morning parades, the head teacher, Banange Mwino Kwetegeka, he would tell us, everybody, you have to be prepared. It is like Kibuk village was on set set. Mornings would come, the evenings, but the nights were so early. We went to sleep very early. By the time the moon even thought about tearing the clouds away and the peep, the candles were blown off. You didn't even hear the drunkards who staggered home in the night anymore. Kibuk village was on set set. Fear was on the hearts of the people of Kibuku. We were going to die. We were going to be killed. No parent was ready for that. Not even my mother. She was not ready to hear those stories. So one day, the morning comes with a beautiful sunrise. The hens do their singing. The farmers go to Namwiga. The cattle keepers go to Namwiga. My mother opens the kitchen for the goats and the hens and everything. The day is good. We go to school in our multicolored uniforms to our different schools. We have the school parade. We go to class. And before the teacher comes, what is science? Science is the study of living and other living things. We saw a ring of dust far away coming towards our school. Our school was in the open and you could easily see. You easily saw whatever was happening. You saw the men who were paddling through the school uh, field to go to the market. You saw somebody far away with his, go- with his hoe over the shoulders going back home after digging. You saw everything under those mango trees, under those trees of our classrooms. So seeing that ring with our eyes done, there were two teachers who were under a tree chit-chatting and marking up books. They also turned towards the ring of dust coming. Mm-hmm. Of course you could tell it was a car. But was that the white pajero they had told us about that would come with the white man who was coming to inject us with poison? How could, how could you know a white pajero when we had not seen any? In Avia, there were not many cars except the bus that passed from Mombale through our village to Kampala, and it did that on Wednesdays. As the ring of dust got closer and the, the car, the teachers stood. But on their faces, you saw confusion, fear, and they didn't know what to do. When we turned our eyes, the head teacher had come out of his office. With his mouth open, 
confusion on his face and he was squeezing in his eyes trying to see properly. What is that coming towards our school? Ah. Passing your eyes around the class, everyone's gaze is in that direction. We turn our eyes to the teachers, to the head teacher. Before we know it, the teachers who were also in the staff room had come out and they were looking at. Before the white car packed, our head teacher had scattered. Looking at him, I could only see his tie that was flying backwards, waving at us, and he disappeared in thin air. Then I turned my gaze to where the teachers were, the ones who were under the tree chit-chatting. Yeah, they had also scattered. The teachers who were in the, in the staff room, they had also scattered. I turned my eyes around class. What next? I see uh, the students from other trees. They had scattered around the, 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 the school compound. The, the, the students who were in, in, in classrooms, they had also come and everybody didn't know what to do. Our teachers had left. Even Mr. Mpanga, the toughest teacher. When this guy was a teacher on duty, nobody wanted to be late. You didn't want to fall in his net. When he slapped you, even your mother would shander back in the kitchen at home. This teacher was tough. But seeing that he had also scattered and disappeared from the school compound, hey, <laughs> didn't leave you with any doubt. Students started to scatter. It was a helter skelter. As I was bending down to get my books and also flee, I saw my brother, my elder brother. He's now elite. From the upper class, he was in P7. Eh, he had come for me. He signaled to me to get onto his back. I got onto his back. I didn't even remember where the books were and we started for home. Bouncing on his back, he was taking off. You know, my, my brother was a school runner. He was a sportsman. And so it's like we were just passing through the air. But getting out of the school and, and getting closer to the villages now, we saw parents coming to pick their children they were running. You saw a father without a shirt. You could tell he was right from the farm, running to come and pick his seed from school. So as we were running, I look and see a certain woman coming fiercely like a cheetah, barefooted. And she's running. It's like everything underneath the Gomez is going to drop. It was my mother. She passed us. So I, I begin calling, Mama, Mama. My brother notices that, oh, I'm calling to my mom. She's on who has passed us. He turns and he joins me. Mama, Mama, Mama. We are calling out to her, Mama. Then she turns. She notices it's us. She also comes towards us. Party, party. She's ready to come. So she reaches us and hugs us. You could see there was a relief on her face that she had found us. She got me off my brother's back. 
held me on the other side and my brother on this side and we started for home. <laughs> Everybody, Banaga Mulire, the cars arrived. Have you heard the cars arrived? And within, when we reached home, things became silent in a blink of an eye. All you could hear were the chickens on the on 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 outside. You couldn't hear even a single person cough. Our mother signaled to us from under the bed to keep quiet and be silent. The stories around COVID vaccination bring these memories. But I still wonder, if I told you that I, I could continue that story, it would be a lie. I only remember this part from my childhood. But I keep wondering, did those visitors ever get out of that white pajero? What did they even think when their presence was causing the whole village to flee? The funny bit is it, it turns out that that pajero was from the Ministry of Health. That was the time when dysentery, cholera, when uh, diarrhea were killing people. And they had come to do a survey. Oh, but ignorance. <laughs> These stories were directed by Zoe the Storyteller. Audio production for the stories was done by Adnan Singkumba. Many thanks to our project coordinator Nicholas Kaiwa and all the storytellers of Hear My True Story Kampala Season 1. For more stories, please visit hearmytruestory.com. For more information about Umuti Kreativ, visit umutikreativ.com or send an email to info at umuti.org. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Music by Edwin Matovo, hosted and produced by Otako. Subscribe to our podcast for more stories and visit us on our website, hearmytruestory.com for more stories. All the links are listed in the show notes of this podcast.